0: 1 John um, chapter 1, starting in verse 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. Now remember, John is talking about that message as an eyewitness, right?
1: He's an eyewitness.
0: The guy's got tons of credibility here because he was there with Jesus. And he says, This we declare, declare to you: God is light. God is like in him. There is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. We saw that as we were trying to even across references, we're learning how to do and uh, what kind of study we're we doing expository. Yeah, we're doing an expository study, which means that all we're doing is we're taking a verse at a time or we're reading the verse and we're going back and we're taking a look at that and saying, what does that it, not only does it, what does it say, but what does it mean? Because it's important to know what it means. If we don't know what it means, we can't apply it. And if we're not going to apply it, what's the point? right? So God is going to speak to us through, uh, through an expositional approach to looking at these just verse by verse. And, and, uh, and, and John is quite clear. He says that if we claim to have fellowship with him, that's God, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. And as we were looking at what does living out the truth mean, Um, uh, I'm going to ask that question in just a second. What does living out the truth mean? But then he says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. fellowship. We have fellowship with one another. And then we looked last week that fellowship with one another is really not only fellowship with one another, but fellowship with God, because God is in our midst. Now, in this place, at this time, in this very moment, we didn't just come to some kind of a Bible study we, we came together, this is the body of Christ we're actually studying this together we're theologians because that's what a theologian does is just study scripture and it's the study of God, who God is and so that's why we're theologians here and, um, and, and God is with us and he says but if we claim to be without sin which is what was happening back then these people were claiming to be without sin not a problem that any of us really have in this room I think we're all pretty good <laughs> adept sinners I'm pretty confident of that, but they were claiming to be without sin. He says that we deceive ourselves; the truth is not in, in us. And if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So John is is really good, and he's got these contrasts going. You know, this week Kathy Bodycomb was like last week; it was Mark.
2: <laughs> Hi, Kathy. Hi. Hi, Kathy. Welcome,
0: welcome home. <laughs> it makes you feeling better. I learned that from Richie. He's a good teacher. Uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome home. Welcome home. Um, and so, John, is in, in this letter, is, is, is teaching us a lot by, by looking at these contrasts. And he's talking about light and dark. And he talks about the, the fact that these people were claiming to have no sin. And what does he do? Right after that, he says, But if you claim that, you deceive yourself, and the truth is not in you. And. If we confess our sins, so then he gives us almost the antidote. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, to forgive us our sins and purify or cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. So very strong words by way of contrasting the this, uh, the truth and error, uh, darkness and light. Um, and he, and he begins to talk about sin. So what it says, God is light. And so what is the light? Last week we we saw that answered right here in the first couple of verses that we looked at. What is light? The truth. The truth. He uses it interchangeably. So he says God is light, and we could see that in the cross reference scriptures we looked at last week that God is truth, God is light, God is love. But in this particular um, uh, sense, those words are interchangeable. So God is light. God is truth. So he contrasts that again, and we can see the contrast. He says that we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness.
2: <coughs>
0: contrast? Can you walk in the darkness and have fellowship with God?
1: I don't think so.
0: No, not according to Scripture. John makes it pretty clear. There are those that are walking in the light, and those are walking in the darkness. And and what when we look at that this light and the darkness what was the difference what's the primary difference between walking in the light and walking in the darkness let me make it really easy for you who is the primary difference between walking in the light and walking in the darkness Jesus everything points to Jesus it just keeps pointing to Jesus and pointing to Jesus and so but then he used that real strong language and he said that, he said and if we do this the truth isn't in us. What do you suppose he meant by that? He said the truth is not in us. The Holy Spirit. The Holy
1: Spirit.
0: Truth exposes sin. Truth exposes sin. There's no
3: fruit.
0: No, there's no fruit in. In that person
3: through Christ.
4: Okay.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing. Okay. And,
0: and what else? What else does he mean by that? The truth is not in us. Okay, I'm still looking for that word because it's the contrast. And
1: we're not believers.
0: And we're not believers if the truth isn't in us. Uh,
1: are you sure?
0: What? Not life. <laughs> okay, it's the, it's all the, of what
1: saying. that's what we've been saying. Every
0: one of them. And so that word, though, that John is using here in this letter to to his to his, to, it's really to his church. Not really John's church, because the letter went out to a wide area, but, but these were people that John, he, was a, he had a pastor's heart. And so he was concerned about them in terms of them not understanding this this darkness and this light idea. And because there were people that were that were in darkness that were claiming to be in the light. And he was just writing this letter right out of the box saying, they're not in fellowship with God or you very strong language yeah. so as a believer then based on what we were looking at last week and we're going to look at it a little bit more this week as a believer can you be out of fellowship with God no okay no but if you have unconfessed sin the answer is yes yes Agree? Disagree?
3: Not sure yet. Oh, I'm not <laughs> sure. Okay, <laughs> that's just good. I like that. Yeah, time to think.
0: Okay, no, no, that's good. That's good because the the question is that. Uh, well, what does verse seven say? In First John chapter one, what does it say?
3: We deceive ourselves if we claim to be without sin, and the truth is not in us.
0: That's great for verse eight, but what does verse seven say?
3: Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if we walk in the light as He is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. You can just stop there. Okay, so if
0: we're in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So as we're reading scripture and we're trying to say, what does this mean? Okay, so as it says, but if we walk in the light, but if, but if we walk in the light, uh, as he is in the light, the light is the truth. truth. Okay, Uh, we have have fellowship. Okay, so when are you always in the light? Man, no. no. are you always in the truth? No. Are you? No, no. Uh huh. Not
1: when we can. Hmm.
0: Hold on to that thought. Oh, you. <laughs> and uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, hmm.
1: I didn't know if you wanted to throw something at me or if that was a question. What? The answer. I wanted to be back and forth.
0: Well, it's really interesting because, uh, in light of sin, I think that's a really important question to answer. Because what is John? Last week when we looked at these five verses, what was John accusing his opponents of sinning and saying? But we don't sin. That was the beginning of the whole Gnostic movement where the Gnostics believed that 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 matter was was evil. And they didn't. They So they, they had this whole difficult problem with Jesus as God manifest in the flesh that they just they just couldn't go there. And the whole thing was about them justifying their sin. They they just wanted to do whatever it is that they wanted to do. And it was a very convenient way to teach some theology that had no basis in fact. Hmm. And isn't that where lies come from? Lies come from no basis in fact, or they'll take a little fact and they'll tweak it, but it's not fully fact, is it? It just never is. It just never is. So what's the first thing then, speaking of sin? So what's the first thing, based on what we've been reading in First John, um, that we have to be rec- that we have to recognize uh, if we are going to be believers, if we're going to be saved? That we're sinners. Exactly right. This whole thing, John is pointing to these people, is saying, "Ah, time out. You're saying that you don't sin. But what I'm telling you here is that that you claim to have fellowship with him, but you walk in the darkness. You're sinning, willfully sinning. Uh Uh-oh. Because hang on now, because, you know, this is kind of easy to read because it's not first-person singular. But in just a little while when we start taking a look at some of these verses we're going to first person singularize it and make it personal so, so let's be a little careful let's just be a little careful because what he's saying is that okay in order to be saved you have to recognize what? that we're sinners okay so if you recognize that you're a sinner that these people weren't okay they were not in fellowship with God or the church sound familiar to anybody? Okay, Not in fellowship with God or the other believers. That's the church. Because they were in the darkness. Claiming, oh, we're in fellowship with God, but we can live a lifestyle and do anything we want. John said, no, you can't. No, you can't. You can't do that. You can't do that. In fact, according to those verses, verse 7 specifically says, if we walk in the light which is the truth, we have fellowship with one another and God and the blood of Jesus cleanses or purifies us from all sin. He makes it real clear that, that we're sinners, we're in need of a Savior and the Savior is Jesus and Jesus did, did what? He cleanses us. He died for our sin. Okay? Now remember, this is a couple thousand years ago. How much time had gone by since Jesus had been crucified and, this, and the church had first heard this message? Nine years. not very much not very much time because John was an eyewitness and he was speaking to the church and he was he, he was not only speaking to them he wrote this letter to them John was alive okay it was in one lifetime and and here it is
1: boy it didn't take
0: long for that deceit to enter the church did it? It just entered in. And don't forget, as we walk through this a little bit more tonight, that it entered the church from within.
2: <laughs>
0: Anybody have the time?
2: <laughs> 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 just, just. I thought it started at 7. And I thought it was early. You know,
0: because we love you guys so much, we're just equal opportunists around here. Isn't that right? Okay.
1: <laughs> <Feel the love. laughs> but John
0: there's there's a there's a there's a big but here in this whole thing though because he says, but what? In verse eight, don't deceive yourselves. He's trying to be very clear here. Don't deceive yourselves because if you deceive yourselves, that's self deception. Don't deceive. Don't be deceived. Don't deceive yourself. Because if you do, what? The truth isn't in you. And This whole thing is about light and darkness. Truth and error. Sin, and as we're going to see a little while later, and righteousness. These things are incompatible. They're incompatible and he's just pointing it out and his whole letter so far he's been talking about this in the, in the context of, of he has an, there's an opponent there's a war going on he has an opponent and the opponents have taken people out of the church they're already out they're gone they were here last week but these false teachers took them out of the church and said hey come with us we're starting a new church where you can, you can do anything you want and still walk into life. That's mm-hmm. what was going on and that's what John is dealing with here. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's of course exactly what they were doing. And John uses this really simple but, but very uh, powerful language and he calls them out by saying that when you do that you make God into a liar. liar. Now... I, I, you know, we can have fun and we can, and we can and be jovial when we're studying scripture and there's nothing wrong with that. But I got to tell you, when, when, when the Apostle John in the first century is writing to the church that had been being deceived, empowered by God, the Holy Spirit, to sit, to use language That reasonably translates from the original language. This is is not a big stretch. The idea is exactly the same. He says, man, if we claim not to be sinners or claim not to have sinned, regardless of our justification for it, regardless of what our motive is. If we claim that, we make God out to be
1: a liar.
0: That's, that's pretty heavy. That's a pretty heavy statement. And yet it's true. That's exactly what they were doing. The truth wasn't in them. And they were motivated inappropriately. And they were just saying, to God. All the while claiming to walk in the light. Now, what we don't know is we don't know what their exact motivation was. But there's nobody in this room that hasn't had that experience with somebody or some place or some somewhere. We've all had the experience.
5: It's like the serpent was telling Eve that more or less of God's lying about the tree. Hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, when these people, when we, when you realized that you were a sinner and in need of a savior, it probably changed a few things. You know. I like Wes' story a lot and I tell it a lot, you know, so, so, you know, Wes, uh, not dissimilar to my father, by the way, Who said, man, I thought I was a Christian for years until I found out that it wasn't, a, it wasn't n- knowing about God. It, it, this thing got real personal with my dad when he, when he realized that reading scripture and studying scripture and, and whatnot was, it, it was personal. This was about a personal relationship with a savior needing to be saved from What? Became very personal. It's a very profound thing. And that's what John is talking about. To be sure, he's dealing with these Gnostic false teachers. There's absolutely no question about that. And before we move on to the second chapter, I think we I think we have to, to kind of reread and spend a little bit of time on this sin issue relative to what we're claiming with our mouths and our lives, because it can be really challenging. And I think there's a lot to be learned. And it's actually, it's, it's profound. It's, it's, you might even consider it a little heavy. I don't think so. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as freeing and enlightening, actually, what John is talking about here. So let's read First uh, John, the last those last two verses, verse 8 and 10. But let's read them tonight, and let's think about it <coughs> exclusively from an application point of view. So just for the next twenty minutes or thirty minutes, everything that we read, I'd like you to think about it in terms of what's applicable here. Personalize this. Okay? Because that's what John was writing to them to do. He was asking them to personalize it. And so by the way, is is first John the epistle, the letter, is it relevant for us today?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I hope so.
0: I hope so. Anybody that thinks it was just just relevant for the first century Christians, uh, you you better ask yourself some pretty hard questions because then you'd have to apply that reasoning to to the balance of Scripture, which, by the way, gets done on a regular basis, doesn't it? So, NID, right? Mm -hmm. Could you read verse 8 and 10 loudly, please? 8 and 10.
1: 8, 9,
0: and and 10. I'm sorry.
1: If we claim to be without sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives.
0: Wow. John, right away, makes it pretty straightforward. And the first thing he does is he attacks the foolishness of these people that are, that are deceiving themselves by saying that, hey, we don't, we don't sin. Okay? So he's, he's, he's just attacking their, their fool It's foolish. And he calls them out on it. So a few questions in regards to application for us. Here comes the challenge, I think, for us. A few questions in terms of application are, what is the relationship... To sin and Jesus
3: that's the c- why he died mm-hmm. excuse me <laughs> go, go, no, go ahead that's because he died he took the w- sin of the world on his shoulders past, present, and future okay and he did it once and for all he's the perfect sacrifice so it's the- there is no further need for sacrifice animal or otherwise okay
0: so the relationship then is perfect the permanent sacrifice, sacrifice. okay? Mark? Yeah, no, she just said it. Okay. She's a studied theologian. Okay.
1: He was sinless, and we're sinful.
0: He was sinless, we were sinful. Okay, that's, good. that's a good relationship. What else? What else comes to your mind? I mean, the big kahuna theological point is right there, obviously. We know that, or we wouldn't be here, right? It was perfect. Okay. Jesus was perfect compared to the contrast in with sin is imperfection. That's that's good. Okay? What other biblical uh, truths do you can you think about relative to sin? What are some biblical truths about sin? Just go right to the beginning. What are some biblical truths about sin? We all sin. We all sin? Okay, we're all sinners. Biblical truths.
6: And it separates us. From
0: God and that sin separates Genesis I mean there it is right from the get-go okay we, we learn about our sinfulness and we learn about that separation from, from God don't we okay um, uh, what else do we know we, we did some biblical cross referencing in terms of just being good theologians and studying this this um, this letter um, what else do we know biblically Theologically, doctrinally, about sin. Sin what?
3: Results in death. The wages of
0: sin sin are are death. Hmm. But so everybody that sins is going to die. Is that what that means? Without
3: a Savior, who took our sins
0: upon His shoulders? Yes. Oh. Okay. Are you are you saved? I am. Are you going to die? Yes.
3: But
0: I'm going to have eternal life. Oh, yeah, I love that. See, because, see, these are questions that, that I'll bet these, these people were asking. Wait a minute, what are you talking like,
5: even about? Even the, ah, <laughs> the sinners have eternal
0: life. Ah, even the sinners have eternal life. it starts getting a little interesting, doesn't it? I mean, this is, this is a road we can go down because this is what John is saying. He said, hey, this is foolishness, you guys. You don't sin. Watch. If we confess our sins, it's faithful to us. Okay. And stay and uh, and okay, and he's faithful to forgiveness. So, so what about sin in your own life? I mean, let's get real personal here. As long as John is talking about this, what about sin in your own life? I don't want to hear about your sin. What I'm saying is, what what about uh, what do we know biblically? What what about some truth? What about sin in your life? What's a biblical truth about sin in your own personal life?
1: Why do we do what You're we do? You're born with it. What we do what we know we shouldn't. do. We do what we know we shouldn't do.
0: Okay. Okay, we need to confess it. Okay, that's, that's good. We need to confess it. Okay, turn to Romans 6. 6, 6. i want to spend just a couple of minutes on this because it really sets the tone for what John's going to be talking about next, and it's important. What
2: Romans 6, 6, six and seven. Seven. Six, six, six,
0: seven, 7. Romans chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Would somebody like to read that? For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be rendered powerless, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Okay, Ernie, Romans 6, verses 6 and 7. What do we know is a biblical truth about sin? We're slaves to mm-hmm. that. No.
2: Are or were. Depends on if you're
0: saved. Okay. There's the qualification. Okay. Yeah. As believers, we're not. We're no longer slaves to sin. Right. Okay. We are born slaves to sin, but as soon as we put our faith in Christ, guess what? According to our theologian Diana, of course. Of course. What? What did Jesus do? Yes. Pay the price. Okay, so we know that. And, and we'll see that again. We, we, we all know that as believers. We're mature enough believers. We've been around the horn more than once. And we understand that. And so a biblical truth about sin is that it no longer has power <laughs> over us. Okay? Ernie, yes, did you sin today? I
2: got up out of bed. Okay. <laughs>
0: that would be a yes. Okay. So, but a biblical truth here. And, and something that I'm sure that, that this specific scripture reference wasn't given to the church in John's letter. But you know it, and you know it, and you know it, and, and I know it, that we are no longer slaves to sin. That is a biblical truth. And then what about 1 Corinthians ten, thirteen? 13? We're just going to look at three quick references.
3: No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Any comments on a biblical truth relative to sin from 1 Corinthians 10.13?
5: We can turn away
0: from it. You have the power. Okay? Will we be tempted? Yes. And when temptation, when we succumb to temptation, what is that called? Sin. Sin. Okay. And God said that, hey, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common. There isn't anybody that isn't tempted by what is just common. And yet, the and yet, is... And yet, He's also given us a way out. He has given us a way out. And the last one is Romans six eleven, Because you see, we've been given the power to say no to sin. And we can say no to temptation. Well, I don't know about you, but before I was a believer, a temptation I thought was fun. You know? Well, I didn't know any different. Or maybe I did, and I just wanted to... Do my own thing, if you know what I mean. And um, but then after becoming a believer, and God said, no, 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 no. You know, well, you've been given the power over sin and and temptation. Temptation, full blown, turns into sin. And we've been given the ability to say yes to righteousness. What does Romans six eleven through fourteen say? Susan, so, you're doing such a good job.
1: For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but
0: under grace. There we see, again, a biblical truth about sin. Sin no longer has to be your master. Is there a but to any of those biblical truths? Are you vulnerable to sin? Yes, yes.
2: yes.
0: Is that a but, <laughs> but to Romans 6 <laughs> and 1 Corinthians 10? We can over. You're okay, and, and um, uh, let me—I'll get to that question in just a second. So we're—you're you're vulnerable. We're vulnerable. Would everybody agree that we are vulnerable to sin? Yeah. Okay. Right. And so in Romans six eleven uh, through fourteen, it talks about um, uh, obeying sin's evil desires. So we know what sin is. Sin is evil. What else is evil? What else? Who else? So we looked at last week in a a cross reference. Yeah, we're about that close to it, aren't we? And in our flesh, we're already in, aren't we? And there's that contrast between light and dark. Light being in the light or being in the dark. And I love the way John kind of starts to tie this all together now. By talking about things like, okay, so are we vulnerable to sin, and if we if we are, then do we struggle with sin? How how do you struggle with sin? Okay, there's a, there's a resistance factor. So there's and and and, and you're trying to resist uh, you're trying to resist sin, and and uh, why do we struggle with that? Don't these passages say that? That we're no longer slaves to it? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, you're no longer a slave to sin. Done deal,
1: right? Mm-hmm. It's
4: always there trying to get
0: to you. Okay, the, what's, the, what's always there, the sin or the temptation? Oh. <laughs> okay.
1: Sin's always fun.
0: Sin's always fun? Yeah. Really?
1: you think <laughs> so? Yeah. Okay. Wow. The devil promises that it'll be fun, but once uh. you get tied mm-hmm. into it,
5: Mm. We have to battle our nature.
0: Okay. Because our nature was. All right. Why do you have to battle your nature? Because it's a bad we're
5: born nature. nature is
1: because we're in a sinful
0: world. Okay, good. We're born. We so, 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 have to battle every day. Okay, so. So. Okay, all right. Blame it on the Eve. Okay, blame it on Eve. The devil made me do it.
1: Yeah, but the world well, constantly yeah. tells you, oh, it's okay, it's fun, it's okay. good,
4: it's you're, okay. you know, you're just a little problem. But, yeah. but
0: John says that if we say we don't sin, we deceive ourselves. We're all saying, that, oh, I think we recognize that we're sinners. I think it's mm-hmm. pretty clear that we're sinners. Uh, we're vulnerable to sin. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're tempted to sin. Do we succumb mm-hmm. to the temptation from time to time? Yes, yeah. yes we do. Yes, we do. See... Just the opposite of what these people in the church in the first century were teaching. Hey, come with me. We're going to have a good time Mm -hmm. because we're going to be in the light. Somehow they wanted that whole connection, the Jesus connection, but without the truth. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Without the truth about sin. And John Mm is just saying, you deceive yourself. The truth's not in you. Drawing a contrast, drawing a contrast, drawing a contrast license to sin license to mm-hmm. sin most we said last week that most false teachers have one very common thread don't they they have a very common thread they usually they take this and they deny its authority to give them the authority to make it say whatever they want to justify whatever their position is as opposed to be obedient to what god says And what he means.
1: And that's all we're doing.
0: That's what this study is. What did God say? What does he mean? What do we do with it? So we're thinking about these things in the context of application. We're talking about sin. We're thinking about these things. So now the questions have to get a little tougher. Necessarily. Um... But we also know the second Corinthians passage that that we're all very familiar with. You don't have to turn there. uh, That says that, uh, you know, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what? He is a new creation, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. so we're a new creation. But you were mentioning something about your old nature. But this scripture in fact, specifically says in the New King James, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. It's my favorite word in Greek. All is still all, no matter what language it's in. All is all. All things have become (laughs) new. So, we're vulnerable, we're struggling, we're sinners, we deal with this, and we battle our own nature, and we're in the world, and yet... John says that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And he talks about being in the light. And can you be in the light and still sin? And do you? I mean, these are some. Those are some interesting questions, aren't they, not? What do we do then today in our lives? Personalize it. What do you do with verse eight and the denial of sin?
2: What is,
5: what pardon me you can speak up we go to jesus and ask forgiveness and confess our sins that we have committed okay
0: cool so we're talking about we're talking about the darkness and we're talking about the light and we are talking about john and he's writing to these people who are saying hey you're saying you're in the light but dude you're in the darkness man because you're saying that you don't sin and everybody's a sinner he, he lays it out pretty good and now, of course we have the rest of scripture to look at right That says, no, sin doesn't have power over you, but you are a sinner. In fact, John even says, where where does he say it? He he says something, I think, right here in verse nine. What does it? What does it say?
6: First
0: John one. What? Go ahead and finish that. If we confess our sins,
6: He is faithful Faithful. and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all
0: unrighteousness. Okay, so if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to purify or cleanse us. From all unrighteousness, but didn't John, but didn't John say, back here that, that that God is light and in Him there is no darkness and that, um, uh, but if if we if we sin the truth isn't in us and now he says that uh, if we claim to be without sin, but nobody's claiming to be without sin, right? Not in this room. Nobody here's claiming to be without sin. So. Is he talking about some of our sin? All of our sin? I mean, how do, we, how, how do we apply this scripture that says that if we claim to be without sin? Ernie, did you sin today? Uh, probably. Okay. Uh, let's see, I drove here. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> Somebody cut me off. I'm, yeah, pretty, I'm pretty confident. confident. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: right. Okay,
0: so now let's talk about, let's talk about how we deal with this. Uh, as individuals and even how the church deals with it, because by way of application in verse eight, that says that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I submit to you all. I submit to every single one of you that you justify your sin. Do
1: you think we confess our sin? Uh huh. We are agreeing with God. God okay. says we're a sinner. Okay. If we confess our sins. We say yes, God. Okay. I confess
0: my sin. Okay, but even though you justified your sin, we really can't apply verse eight, can we? Because verse eight here says it's not applicable because the context that John wrote this letter to the church is people that were claiming to be without sin. Nobody in this room is claiming to be without sin, so there is no application of. Verse Mm 8, that says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That isn't applicable to us at all, right? Oh, it is. How can that be? How how then is it applicable?
1: Because a lot of times we justify our sins Mm instead of confessing it.
2: Oh, we what? We
1: ourselves.
0: So it is applicable. So now all of a sudden, in terms of application, we can't look at this in terms of being theologians and seeing, we're, we're trying to really study what, who God is and what he says and what he means. And this letter was written 2,000 years ago to people that were claiming not to be sinners. And so what you're just suggesting to me is we can't just blow this off because there is absolute application here. Yeah? There's absolute application. And so now let's take it the next step farther. It says, of course, in 1 John 1.9, we've read it several times, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse or purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, personal application. At what point are you deceiving yourself and the truth isn't in you relative to sin in your life? At what point?
1: What, what else?
0: Oh, okay. So see you're see then that claiming sense. that what you're doing isn't sin. Uh-huh. So as opposed to agreeing with God, you're disagreeing. Uh-huh. Oh, I like that.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. How, how else does that work?
3: Repeat your question again, sir.
0: <laughs> <laughs> making you think, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Before I repeat my question, before before Kathy loses her thought, <laughs> I don't repeat my question because my question is written down. Her thought isn't.
1: Well, I, I don't think I can explain it very well, but I do think there are two things going on, you know, that there is sort of your position, your position in Christ, and that is righteousness because of what people have said because of his atonement. So there's that, and that doesn't change. But there is our daily... And mm-hmm. I think even when you talked about walking, there's a walk. And I think if it's, um, and I'm not sure if you can put a percentage on it, mm-hmm. but there's there's a point where there is light and truth and freedom and um, some degree of righteousness, and that's kind of the gist of your life. But there's still a percentage of selfishness and and. Even deception and just... I mean, we still still deceive ourselves and we're still selfish and we choose selfish things and things that are, you know, what God would not want us to do. But I think there's two different things so I don't know. Okay, keep that
0: that thought in mind. Keep that thought in mind because the question... Let me rephrase it for you. So the question... Because John is the one who stated it. It's not my question. It's John's question. John says that if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So break that thing down and say, okay, so now... Now you, you said that we can we, we can we can quantify we can even classify we can justify we can do all a five things that we want to with our sin right um, and 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 yet John says that if we do that stuff the truth is not in us so the question is is this applicable to us and almost everybody is saying yeah it is but there's oh okay Kathy says no it's not applicable because
1: and you're standing as a um, a new creation.
0: Okay. <laughs> because we have let's deal with that because this is important because all of a sudden we're all sinners. And what you stated is absolutely there isn't anybody's life that doesn't mirror what you the comments that you were just making. Sure, of course. And yet John says that if we claim to be without sin, nobody's claiming to be without sin. So let's set that aside for just a second. Mm -hmm. Uh, We deceive ourselves. The truth isn't in us. So the question is, is the truth always in us before we sin?
3: But it goes back to a condition of the heart. You have sins of commission as well as sins of omission. And if you daily keep on sinning and doing the the same thing over and over, and the Holy Spirit convicts you of that sin, Mm -hmm. but you continue to do it. You have mm-hmm. truly really sinned, but if the Holy Spirit convicts you of it and you change as a result of that, hmm. well, I don't know how to on from there. Well,
0: isn't that but isn't that what theologian Bodycomb said? <laughs> because theologian Bodycomb said, "But yes, but there are these there's these situations. I'm selfish. Okay." I mean, we don't have to raise a hand because they would all go up and you don't need that much exercise. I mean, who's selfish? I mean, come on. We
5: have to be careful saying that, like, yes, I'm an angry person, so if I get angry, it's just who I am. It doesn't matter. No, I get that. If we don't let that be applicable to us, then we'll end up over on this side saying that we don't have no sin
0: but theologian Bodicum clearly pointed out biblically correctly I might add that 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 God sees you even as a sinner God sees you as fully right. righteous mm-hmm. he sees you through the righteousness of Christ we can go through all the scriptures and we can look that up that's an absolute biblical truth no question about it and yet you, you sin so is that inconsistent are those are those two things inconsistent mm-hmm. no not in this life. okay okay <laughs> What do you mean by that, not in this life?
5: Well, because like Kathy said, we live in the reality of two natures, you know, a saved, redeemed, justified reality that is a spiritual reality and a fallen, sinful flesh that is still subject to, well, not subject to, that we read in Romans, that we are completely free from. we, we yeah. fail. Yeah, so we have dual. Mm.
1: Even, Paul, even Paul himself said, I look inside and I see things, I, I do things I don't want to do.
0: You know? Sure. Yeah. Oh, wretched man am I, even though I understand completely and believe to the core of my being that, that, that God sees me in the righteousness of Christ. He seemed, even as, even as a, a wretched a man as I am, well, that's a, you know, rest in that one tonight, Oh, wretched people we are, and yet God sees us. <laughs> Why? Because we're selfish, and, and I want to do things my way, and I forget to even ask God half the time, it seems. You know, I ask him at, uh, at uh, our sermon in here just recently, you know, it's like I, I go to do something, and I say, oh, by the way, God, can you, can you bust that? Could you kind of come along and prop me up?
1: After the fact,
0: mm-hmm. every one of us is guilty of all of those things, and yet, and yet, John is saying, "Be careful about deception," because you see, can you be in the light? Can you walk in the light, and can you still be deceived,
1: mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Scotty? Why else do we sin? Mm. But
6: there's a connection between. Okay. About uh, if we claim to be without sin, which none of us here are, but sometimes we justify it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our life. Mm -hmm. That is really strong here, and it can mean you can always. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be be a liar, man. his word have no place in our lives. Can, I mean, those are, that's just really
0: strong. Well, the whole thing is strong. That's kind of the point here, why I was kind of wanting to camp on this sin thing for just a little while, because I think it's a really great foundation for, for where he goes next, because remember, he's talking about these people that are opposed to to Jesus. He's talking about the the, they're really secularists because but they entered into the church. They have no fellowship with God or with the church. Remember remember that's that's who he's sort of attacking here in this letter. But he's going to make a switch here in just a second in 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 chapter two. Um, in his letter he 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 turns the tables just a little bit and then he starts talking to the church. And he takes on a whole different tone but still with really st- a really strong message. I'm hoping that, that, that they and we pick up on the strength of the message, the strength of the words. And, and all of this right now is contrasting light and darkness. Mm-hmm. Sin, deceit, meaning sin and righteousness because we're fully righteous. No, no question about it. And he wants them to know that. And yet, the deceivers, those people that were deceiving themselves and they were deceiving people in the church, we're preaching something just the opposite of that. And so what I want you to do, just as an exercise, and I think that this will this will it, it, it made a difference to me. see if it does it to you. Put your finger on First John, chapter 1, verse 9. And it says, the first word is if, the second word is we. I want you to change two words. I want you to turn change we, To I, and I want you to change the word confess to deny. Now read that. Read that just quietly to yourself. Change we to I and confess to deny. Thoughts? You're giving me a really weird look. It makes no sense. Why doesn't it make any sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, in one, in one way, he's not talking to us. He's talking to the people that have the, the whole school of thought where if you have a second work of grace and you're sanctified. You can't sin. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So, he's talking to that school. We know that we have the little daily sins or whatever. Oh. We we're not denying. Oh. In fact, we we don't say we can't sin. But it doesn't make sense because if you personally, if you say if I deny my sin, God, He's still oh, faithful and just.
0: Okay. Okay. If you deny is your sin, God okay. Break it down. Break it down. Break it down. Faith. Break it down. So, if you deny your no, sin, you deny God, God is still faithful and just. Sin. Keep no, going. I'm
1: saying He won't be. He He is still just. Okay. So he, he can't forgive you if you're going to be in continual denial. Oh. If you're, if you're, if you, you, know, those are the people that. Could,
0: could you say that one more time and louder so that this will pick it up? <laughs> he can't forgive you what?
1: If you're in continual denial of your sin. Uh. Because his attributes, he still remains faithful. He still he is God. So
5: he cannot change. So he can only. If you continue in denial, you've not accepted Jesus in the Mm -hmm. first place. Really? No. (laughs) Because I don't think if you continue to deny something knowing that you're hurting God, you're going to want to confess it and ask forgiveness.
0: But that's exactly what these people were doing, though. They were claiming to be in the light. And he said, and John says, but light has no, no fellowship with darkness. And you're claiming to be without sin. then claiming sin.
5: to not have sin.
0: So, so what is our responsibility? So, I, I, I like that. Thank you for that explanation. That's great. So you, you can't say that if I deny my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me. Forgive me of what? So what is our responsibility then? What was the responsibility of the first century church this letter was written to? What is our responsibility to sin? To, to
2: confess us? it. To own it and confess it.
0: Own it and confess it. The question then for the applicability of verse eight about being about deceiving ourselves, <laughs> do we do that?
1: Do we deceive ourselves? No.
0: Do we confess <laughs> our sin? <laughs> Okay, okay then, okay then. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That was the answer you wanted. (laughs) Now,
6: sometimes we don't even know we did sin.
0: Okay, let's talk about the times that we did. We confess
1: that we're sinners. Sometimes I think that we want to overlook some of the sin. Yeah, but we do all confess it.
0: Yeah, we confess that we're sinners. But the Bible clearly says, if, that's a huge word. word. I mean, theologians, the biggest word you're going to deal with tonight, in my opinion, is that two-letter word, if. Is that if in the Greek, too? It's if in the Greek, (laughs) (laughs) That's like all is all, and if is if. If, what kind of a word is if? It's an action word. If we... You, I, confess our sins. Stop for a second and ask yourself the question in terms of the applicability of whether or not we are deceiving ourselves. And if the truth is in us, think about this now. What is happening if we're not confessing our sins?
2: We're not.
0: We're grieving the Holy Spirit. We're not walking in the light. Why aren't we walking in the light mm-hmm. if we're not confessing our sin?
2: Because we're not obedient.
0: Because we're not being obedient. What? Anything else? And we're not. We're not walking in the truth. His word has no place in our life. His word has no place in our life. Man, you guys have studied. That's, it's all pointing to that. It's all pointing to that, pointing to that, pointing to that, pointing to that. But the, my point is, is that when we're studying this, we're looking at this. What we want to do is we want to put that on those no-goods that have taken the church and separated it and said that,
1: woo we're in the light.
0: Party! We can do whatever we want, say whatever we want, believe whatever we want, and we're in the light. And John says, no, you're not. Light has no fellowship with darkness. Then he goes on to say, we're, we're, we're fast and furious sometimes to say, ha ha, no, no
2: <laughs>
6: good.'
0: But I think we've got to slow the train down sometimes. And we got yeah, we've got to look in that mirror. And then we've got to say, but, but verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then we forget, what's the opposite of that? Because if we confess and he is faithful and just, what if we don't confess?
5: He's still Do we have and to God. ask a question, <laughs> then what? Is he speaking of, of, of like people that have accepted Jesus in their life? Or is he speaking of false prophet people that just want to make up a church without accepting Jesus? and say you can do anything you want.
0: He was doing the latter. He was calling out those people that said that they weren't sinning because they were living a lifestyle. Their behavior was atrocious. They, they were clearly outside the life. They were they were misbehaving in every conceivable way uh, against all the teaching of the apostles and, and he was calling them out on it because they were saying that, hey, we can do that and be in the light. But that's not the point that I'm trying to make. My point is, is that I'm trying to personalize it by saying, okay, let's not, let's not just put it on them and walk out of here and be happy-go-lucky. What I'm saying is that, hey, wait a minute. God asks us some really personal questions, doesn't he? What did I say? What does it mean? And then what are you going to do? We say that. In, we quote James all the time. Don't just be a hearer. Yeah, so what are we going to do? Are we going to be a doer? Or are we gonna just going to say, Ah, that was those guys. I don't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. We got to deal with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We all recognize we're sinners. We got that right, didn't we? <laughs> we got that right. And none of us likes it either, do we? Mm-hmm. Because even after we have sinned, most of the time, Probably not the little ones. Sometimes we have a... I could have had a V8 moment. Other times, we build up to a sin and we've been thinking about it for a couple of minutes or hours or days or a week and then we know we shouldn't and then we, bam, we go ahead and we do it anyway.
2: Mm -hmm. What?
0: The question is, is it applicable? Is the truth in us? Are we deceiving ourselves by virtue of 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins. If we haven't confessed our sins. What does God do with our confession of sins? You already answered that question. What does God do with our confession of sin?
2: What? Forgives.
1: Forgives.
0: And what else does he do with it? Henry remembers it no more. Okay. And it puts us back in fellowship. Perfect. You've been reading my notes. So, so what? Didn't Jesus just come to eradicate sin? <coughs> no. Hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think eradicated the poor choice of
2: words. That's yeah. I'm harsh in here. I'm just asking the question. You'll <laughs> lose
0: <laughs> okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, did Jesus come? Well, let me just. Did Jesus come to eradicate sin? <laughs> <laughs> to eradicate the <laughs> penalty
1: of death. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, he, yes. he will. Huh? Well, eventually, yes, He will eradicate
2: sin because
4: we're concerned
5: with the new earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but
1: now The question is, eradicated. did He come to
0: eradicate sin?
1: No, because if we had eradicated it, we wouldn't be sitting here confessing it or saying we were
0: sinned. The other body comb theologian said, No, He came to forgive our sin. He was a, a to- a, He atoned for our sin, didn't he? And so uh, way back in, Je- do we think that's a New Testament thing? No. no, it's not a New Testament. Everything has been pointing to Jesus right from the very beginning. right? Jeremiah, you know, turn over. Jeremiah 31:34 B says, "You'll be very familiar with this, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more." Pointing to what was going to be happening here that is happening here, okay? All right.
4: Okay, so the walking in the truth, walking in the light, walking in fellowship is a walk of confession, repentance, cleansing, and renewing our relationship with God, wow. and Jesus Christ. Wow. And each, each one of these last five verses is starts with if is to kind of If this is true, then this is true. If right. this is true, then this is true. Right. And mm-hmm. the, the idea, I think, of John as I was studying it was that he knew the truth because all of his senses showed him what was true. It was hearing, it was seeing, and it was touching and handling. And I think of all the times in the Bibles where, where John heard Jesus, when he actually saw him do miracles when he actually was able to touch him and when the time when he I thought of him leaning on Jesus during the last supper Mm -hmm. and I thought what a tender thing that was Mm -hmm. and how the communion that he had with the Lord was expressed in that and I thought to myself so the people of the the, uh, Gnostics they could not enjoy or know in any sense It was not in their senses to experience the fellowship of Jesus Christ and the relationship that true believers have as they walk in the light, as they confess their sin. Mm -hmm. And so they're completely out of the picture. They don't experience that because they have not confessed their sin and they're not walking in the light.
0: And so then, and that's beautiful. I hadn't hadn't thought about it in in the terms of the senses. Uh, Now you've impacted my... My thinking on that—I I really like that because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's beautiful. That's that's who John was. John remembers writing this letter because he's got some credibility. Hey, I was there. I touched. I felt. I did. As you said, these were all the senses. And, uh, and it just it just led to the credibility that he had as he was writing this letter. And so most of the people that were reading this letter that were in the light, it was it was it was validation and um, uh, that that they were that they were in the light. And that's, that's what he's that's what he's sharing with them. And so as we confess, that's our responsibility is to confess our sin to God. Right. Uh, 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 what how do we how do we do that?
2: Through prayer.
0: OK, through prayer. And specifically, what do we what do we do? What do we have to admit when we're confessing our sin to, to God?
1: That we, were, that, we it.
0: that we were wrong. Okay. <laughs> wrong based on what? Oh God. The light. The truth. That's what John's talking about. The light. the light. The light. The light. The truth.
4: And you have to let go of
0: your pride. Ah. you, you got to let go of honest. your pride. Okay. No. And so after you tell God that you were wrong based on the light, based on the light, um, What's what's uh, what's another good thing to do <coughs> next? After you've confessed that you were wrong,
1: thank
0: you for the yes, thank you. okay. Thank him. That's good. Thinking is good. Okay. Repent. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. There's this. You know, I, I, I hope we're convicted, especially after we've talked ourselves into sinning. I hope we're convicted. So, you know, I'm wrong. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. And then I, I I the whole repenting thing. What does repent mean? Turn around. Go the other way. It's a real simple word picture. So the question is back to verse 8. Sorry, I just got stuck on verse 8 as I was thinking my way through this. But back on verse 8 and its applicability. So here we are. The question is do we confess our sin? And then do we change? Do we repent?
1: That's a really hard question.
3: We can't on our
0: own what you, what can't you do on your own? We
3: can't change on our own. Menu.
0: I understand, but as far as it as far as it relates to you, mm-hmm. sinner, mm-hmm. okay, what must you do according to verse nine? Confess, confession. okay, you have to confess, all right. And so uh, is is so. What is confession? Is that enough?
2: Not if not if you do change. change
0: your heart. Okay. I have a I have one head shaking, no, that's not enough. <laughs> and you just said, Not if what? Not if you
3: continue to change yes. and your heart hasn't changed and you have a desire to be
0: obedient to God. Okay. Okay. So if you so if you have a desire to be obedient and you've sinned and you, you confess, but you haven't repented, so you haven't changed, uh, um, any additional thoughts on verse eight about the truth not being in us and
5: Deceiving himself? So it confess, and he is faithful to forgive him.
0: Okay, so let's go down the road of confession. What, well, what if is you're confessing,
1: you're at least mm-hmm. you're admitting that you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. That you're a sinner. Wrong. Mm-hmm. 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 And you're confessing it to God.
3: Okay. But it has to have a change in heart.
0: Ah, so it has, does it have to come full circle then?
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, a change of
5: heart? what happens if you do something wrong you confess to God and he's faithful to forgive you and a week later you do the same thing what, what happens? you know you, you do the same thing oh thing.
1: Yeah. I didn't know so it's you having
5: it. a change in part and being forgiven does that mean you're not going to turn around and do the same thing again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like you said about
1: being selfish yeah you're going to do it again mm-hmm. yeah Okay, let's, let's,
0: let's deal with, um, uh, since we seem to be stuck here tonight, uh, uh, that's all right. Let's deal, let's get, because uh, I love church, because we like to talk all around the stuff, okay? And then we, because then we, we get really uncomfortable when we have to name it, okay? So let's name a couple things, shall we? Because I like discomfort. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know,
5: one, one problem, Bill, is a lot of people with they, they read
0: discomfort with being uncomfortable?
5: And they no, <laughs> <lot of> <laughs> read this and they say they confess, confess and they're forgiven and everything. And, and for some reason, a lot of people seem to believe that they're never going to do it again. Mm-hmm. that just by doing that, they're
0: free from ever doing it again.
5: Okay. Not so yeah.
0: we're not going to be able to do this justice because this would take a long time but let's 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 take a hypothetical into into something that's really actual okay Scotty, you are driving all driving of a sudden
6: down the street and somebody cuts you out to get mad you either Talk to him <laughs> in <French laughs> or or <laughs> him. Okay, either, either way, it's a sin, right? So he you don't. It. <laughs> sin, I don't uh-huh. I won't do both. I sin. You don't forgive I will it I mean, that's an easy. One. I I got. It.
0: I got one that's harder. harder? Okay. Yeah, I got one that's harder. Okay, let's deal. Let's deal with one that's been uh, that's been a, a problem in the church for a really, really, really long time. I think after, I think when they I think when they were sitting around the table and they were breaking bread together, and John was touching uh, Jesus, um, and uh, and the Bible says that they were that they were drinking they were drinking wine. And um, and so I like this one because it happens to be my particular issue. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll pick on myself. So uh, let's let's be real specific now. Uh, how big of a problem is it, Steve, when we are talking about uh, the applicability of, of verse eight here and sin and confessing sin uh, and being in continual sin, like you said, "What if I just do? I do it over and over again." And let's say that um, uh, I'm not a teetotaler, and the Bible says that uh, that it is. Uh, uh, by the way, is it a sin to drink wine? No. Uh, no. What is it a sin to do? <laughs> so let's say that I do that, but I don't do it. I'm just a social drinker, uh, so I don't I don't do that until I never do that before five. Okay, but between like five and nine uh, every night. I get drunk. I'm, I get drunk that's a problem and then the next day oh Lord I wake up with a hangover and I feel miserable and I'm thinking um, uh, I wonder if I have any booze in the cabinet wonder do I have to buy some today uh, but I'm not gonna drink till after five because I'm just a social drinker mm-hmm. and then and then it's Wednesday night and I get well it can't be Wednesday night because I, I can't I don't get home till like 3:00 so I start later on Wednesday just kidding.
2: <laughs> 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 See my point?
5: you, you, you got so, to wait till Bible yeah. over.
0: So there's my point. So now all my, I'm in willful sin. I've confessed it. And there's absolutely no repenting whatsoever. Mm. And I, in the light?
1: No, because at your heart it's, you really
0: have it. Oh. See, this is a big struggle, isn't it? Mm. So what do you do with that as, in terms of being, claiming to be without sin? Am I sinning?
5: Mm-hmm. At what point are
0: you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's exactly what we do with it. Just, oh, with, with, without a doubt. And major, I've major. Oh, done that. I have a high tolerance for alcohol. I can drink a six-pack of beer. i told somebody just today, as a matter of fact, he pastors a church that I'm familiar with. And I said, well, I can drink a six-pack, and you would never even know that I'm drunk. <laughs> but don't put me behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> no, that hasn't happened in years, but that was in my old life. The point is, I said, do I was I do I justify it because I have a high tolerance? Well, of course it's justification. The point is, if I'm a believer and I'm in sin and it's willful and I'm asking God to forgive me every single day and I am I in the light? Is the truth in me?
2: No, you don't want to change. You don't want to. You're a
6: slave to sin. Mm-hmm.
0: But we read, we read
5: in Romans that well I'm not a slave to sin sometimes it you? may take too much for God to
0: it's a really challenging question place. though it's a really I challenging question because mean, you can do the I same thing with do. selfishness can't you mm, uh-huh.
5: You can do alright with anything take someone that never drank and, and uh-huh. you would say no you're not a Christian you never received Jesus and you can take someone that, that used to deal with it and and they would come alongside you and say look we'll beat this as Pray and keep asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I... I know. There's some uh, mm, uh, mm in there, isn't
2: there? You know? Yeah. Well,
5: Josh, you might see the guy three months later and his totally he delivers, and he's, he's doing great things for God and everything else. So I, I, how can we say whether they're forgiven or not forgiven?
0: I'm not saying we are. What I'm asking you to do, I'm asking you, I, to, I know, is, I'm know, asking you to personalize it, and I'm asking you to apply because John's making a really big deal about sin, and he is, he's classifying these people. Those people are in darkness, but and the truth isn't in them, and they're saying they don't sin now.
5: But those people are saying they don't sin. This this guy that's drinking is, is confessing and. So ah, a problem. Okay, and he's asking forgiveness. Okay, but he's, he's probably asking to be set free. Not
1: ah. he's, not, he's not asking for for, for God's power, mm. but, but maybe power. he if is. If you're walking in the light, you are in power. God empowers you. Mm-hmm. If you're not using that power given by God to change yourself, yeah, but I was born that way. Yeah. But it
6: does that's oh, <laughs> in my DNA.
0: Mm.
1: Well, that's justifying. Oh, And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also an addiction problem. That
6: but shall we go on seeing Alcohol. Is a good <laughs> just keep asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Let
0: me read 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 to you. And you don't have to turn there either. It says this. And I think that Paul was thinking about this very subject when he wrote this. I'm not sure. But he certainly could have been. It says, but know this. In the last days. By the way, we've studied the last days. Are we, are we in the last days? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. In the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without Mm self-control, brutal, Hmm. despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty. Now listen to this part. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Mm -hmm. Having, this is the real kicker in terms of sin, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Mm. And from such people turn away. Mm. It's the same message that John is talking about. From such people turn away. You, you're claiming to be in the light, but I don't see any light. You're claiming to be in the light, but you're, pick, pick the sin. Okay, I'm talking willful, consistent, uh, that's what I'm talking about. So there's there's some big warnings in terms of how do we apply this, and so my whole point tonight was, and I really didn't have any idea we were going to take this long with it, but I think it's really important. My whole point tonight is, is that when we're studying and we're reading, it's really important to personalize and ask God, God, what are you speaking to me? What are you speaking to me about, and so there, there may not be a, a big issue relative to being to being a, a deceiver i don 't think anybody in here has has uh, uh, i don 't know but i 'm assuming that nobody has a, a, a real issue with willful sin that 's that's, you know behind closed doors but but every single one of us has an issue with sin in both behind the closed door and anything in front of the, the open door. We all have that issue, so the question is. What are we going to do about what God is speaking through the Apostle John that wrote this letter? Because it's the application of of this expository uh, um, um, uh, teaching that that is critical. Otherwise, we're stuck in the same place that we always tend to get stuck. And we come and we get the head knowledge and then we end up being like, like some that had a wonderful knowledge. They knew of God, but never knew God. I know what Scripture says. There are brilliant atheists that know this book better than any of us ever will, mm-hmm. but they're not interested in its application yeah. in any way, shape, or form. They only know it because they want to argue. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I think it's really important that we that, that we're that we're careful with that because I think we have to be able to apply. Uh, I mean, even this, even the last verse, verse verse ten says says if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. And it's so easy, guys. We can just say, well, that's not me. I'm, I'm not claiming not to have sin. But time out. Let's look, sin, let's look at sin holistically. Let's pour all of our sin into the bucket and let's dig around in there for a little while and ask ourselves some questions about, okay, what is, where am I with this? Because the question is, maybe maybe you're in the light, but maybe you're deceiving yourself. Because it's self-deception that he's talking about. And boy, I just got really focused in on that this week as I was thinking about, Wait a minute, what about sin in my own life? Because man, I can be selfish. Man, I can, I can do what I want to do. Man, I can get in front of God and then forget, oops, maybe yeah, I should ask him to come along here. Now, I can do all that stuff. I have done all that stuff. So the question is, what do I do do about that? How important is it? John uses really strong language to call these people out. But remember who he's writing to. And that's really the (laughs) drop-off point for where we start in, in, in the second chapter of this letter, which I would... I would suggest that you, you really read that this next week. Just look at chapter 2 and understand that Paul is changing now and he's going to talk to the church. He called out those people that were clearly in the darkness. Now he's going to start talking to, to quote unquote, his, his people that are in the light. So read this, just read chapter 2, it's just a few verses. Just read that in terms of receiving what God has for us as people in the light. Okay? Context being that we just thought our way through being sinners and asking for forgiveness mm-hmm. and repenting and knowing that the dark and the light have no fellowship. Strong language from God to us in terms of being careful are we in the light? Are we in the truth? Because as soon as we see that there's been some revelation. And, by the way, there will be revelation from God to us until we take our last breath here. He, that doesn't stop. It's called sanctification, right?
1: So I was going to ask you. It seems like you're forgetting that once we do confess, that we have this journey, which is called
0: sanctification. Yeah, and that's what we're on. And it doesn't sound like he's talking to people that are in that journey. Well, he wasn't. But now he's going to the switch is just about to take place because he was talking right no because tonight I just wanted to make sure that we had this good solid baseline that we that we that we're not just putting all of this on somebody else the whole point for tonight is the application what do we do with what god 's word says and what it means not just putting it on somebody else but thinking about slowing down and the slowdown process happened here tonight because we went over these verses last week. Every single one of them. We didn't do anything new yet, because I'm sorry, but I'm the guy that sits up here. So you know, when that when God really lays it down on you, you got to do. I just felt compelled. I needed to do something with that because it it meant it meant something to me, and it was like, whoa! I got to slow down here. We can't just rush through this and say those morons. I
2: can't do that
0: because sometimes I'm the moron. You know what I mean? I mean that's just the way it is. Sometimes I'm that person. So next week we'll, we'll jump into chapter 2 and it really starts to, to uh, get personal because, because John starts to talk to us as the, as the church. As the church, as people.